the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. We have made it to Friday. It's a sunny Friday. It's the final Friday in February. Folks, remember, no Lent, no uh, meat today. It's a Friday in Lent. But the final Friday in February, it's sunny out. We're going to get some rain over the weekend, but that's a positive thing because it'll get rid of more of the snow. You know, um, I want to start off by touching on the fact that uh, a couple things, and we'll talk about it during the course of, of our program between now and, and 2 o'clock. Remember, folks, it's the John DePietro Show, weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2 a.m. 1380, 99.9 FM. I will touch on the fact that um, sometime next week, it would certainly seem as though we will have a new governor in the form of Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee. Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo is expected to uh, get a full Senate vote and then be officially the Commerce Secretary under the uh, in the, the Biden administration, and that's expected to happen sometime next week. But there's something playing out in court right now. It has to do with allegations of police uh, brutality in a case in Providence. And the attorney who's representing this, Officer Hanley, Michael Colucci, I've interviewed him in the past. He's the defense attorney. You know, he finally said what I think should be said more and it's not said enough. And finally, someone not only has the guts to say it, but say it right there in court. So the man that they bring to testify is the guy that, and he got money from the city, but he's the one alleging that he was assaulted. So just to kind of give you a sense of the situation, there was some altercation where he was in a car and they were dropping someone off and he could see something happening. And he went down the street and he was, uh, they call uh, chirping. He was saying things to the police and I don't know exactly what he was saying. But, you know, with vulgarity and profanity and things like that. So then the police go up to him, kind of like, hey, you know, what was that? Would you just say like that type of thing? And then it it turns into some kind of altercation. Now, they had an expert that said basically Hanley was using all uh, restraints that are allowed. Maybe he said a couple of things. He was calling him a tough guy and this and that. But he uh, other than that. But I, I just want you to understand. So this person uh, who's alleging Rich uh, Rishash. Risha Gore, he takes the stand and he's wearing a Black Lives Matter mask. And finally, and I'm going to play you the audio, but the defense attorney finally says to him, you're wearing a Black Lives Matter mask in the courtroom. And you know they stand for anti-police, defunding police, or obliterating police if they could. Now, finally, someone says that. You know, folks, this has been this narrative. We heard about like the Black Lives Matter flag that's flying over Barrington Town Hall. And these people try to say, oh, no, it stands for inclusiveness and it turns for tolerance and it stands for, you know, everyone getting along and it, it stands for peace. And no, it does not. Like we said, Black Lives Matter stands for anti-police, defunding police, obliterating police. If they could, that's what it stands for. That's where it came from. That's where it stands for. I'm tired of these people trying to redefine what it means. That's exactly what it means. And that's when it really comes out. That's when you hear the most about Black Lives Matter is any type of situation where there are police involved and the the, the people that are protesting feel that the use of force was, was not justified, uh, that it was a, a excessive force and so forth. But finally, now I want to play it for you. But this is, he's got the uh, the guy on the stand, and he's questioning. To show your bias against policemen, Mr. Gore, and that's what you're doing right now, right? Absolutely not. I'm on the right side of the fence. You're wearing a Black Lives Matter. Is that a problem? You're wearing a Black Lives Matter mask in this courtroom. Right. Right, and you know they stand for anti-police, defunding police, obliterating police if they could, True. I don't, I don't agree with that. I do That's exactly, what do you mean you don't agree with it? That is the definition. That is the definition. By the way, keep in mind the media has kind of shielded the fact. He's been arrested 22 times. Arrested 22 times. No stranger to being arrested. 22 arrests on the record. How many people listening right now have been arrested more than 10 times? <laughs> I, I, I've never been arrested. Maybe there's some people listening. At some point, something happened. You're arrested a couple times. 22 times arrested. 
22 times. If you told, if you were talking to someone about a job interview and they said, well, I guess I should come clean. I've been arrested 10 times. That would certainly get your attention. Now double that. Finally, but this is the world this person lives in. He has no credibility. He's wearing a Black Lives Matter mask on the stand. Change everything to show your bias against policemen, Mr. Gore. And that's what you're doing right now, right? Absolutely not. I'm on the right side of the fence. You're wearing a Black Lives Matter. Is that a problem? You're wearing a Black Lives Matter mask in this courtroom. Right. Right. And you know they stand for anti-police, defunding police, obliterating police if they could. True? I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that, said the guy that's been arrested 22 times. Hooray. Colucci is a hero. Finally, someone's calling out about this. Folks, I am tired of it, as many of you know. And again, it's John DePietro, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. That's exactly what it stands for. And shame on the media. Why are we just learning? Why are we just learning this guy was arrested 22 times? 22 times? Are we even questioning this? Of course he was mouthing off the police. This is, oh, no, I'm on the right side. You're on the right side of this thing. I think he got like either 50 grand or 75 grand, something like that. I'll get to the bottom of exactly what it was. I'll have to dig and find out. So, but this business, what I like is finally being called out. A Black Lives Matter mask. That's the world he he lives in and thinks it's perfectly acceptable like some of these other people. That's what it stands for. Anti-police, defunding police, obliterating police period, doesn't stand for peace. A Black Lives Matter does not mean inclusiveness, doesn't mean tolerance, doesn't mean unity, and the rest of this nonsense that these people try to put forth. Wrong. wrong. Well, that's not the way. No, wrong. That's what it stands for. You can try to pretend it means something else. That was the origin. That's the meaning of it. That'll always be the meaning of it. You can't suddenly start to try to make up different definitions of it. That's what it is. Anti-police. If you're wearing or have a sign, Black Lives Matter. It's an e Now, again, if you want to wear it, that's your right. But let's just not kid ourselves what it stands for, what the meaning is, what it's all about. And this is a guy sitting on the stand, 22 arrests on his record. What an absolute disgrace. Of course, he has a bias against police. He's been arrested 22 times. I can't believe the fact that this case is even being heard is an outrage. No, this is a disgrace. I'm glad it's being brought out. I'm glad that it is finally seeing the light of day. And that's a great job. Now, it is uh, expected that the police officer, Hanley, may take the stand uh, next week. If that's the case, folks, uh, I will probably find my way into the courtroom. Uh, I think it's a limited amount of people, but you're not allowed. This is ridiculous. They still won't let you tweet or film or things like that. You just have to wait till the end of the day and they get sound bites. All right. A lot more ahead. You're listening to the John DePietro show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession, MEGA professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801.
If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799 that's 401-321-2799 or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com the heating season is here folks you need to call jkl engineering today jkl 401-351-7600 let jkl engineering design and install a natural gas high efficiency carrier Infinity System, the energy efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. If you think no gas, hey, guess what? No problem. Let JKL Engineering design and install a high efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high efficiency gas boilers. JKL is Carry Factory authorized dealer. Licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 50 years, JKL's reputation second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. JKL is an approved national grid BPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL, system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Remember, estimates are free, financing is available. They're licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call JKL Engineering right now, residential or commercial, at 401 351 7600. JKL, they'll do it right the first time. Now call them. You don't want to get stuck with an inefficient heating system. What if it starts to get really cold? Call JKL right now. Free quote, free estimate. Estimates are free, financing is available. 401 401- 351-7600, Rhode Island, Massachusetts. It's JKL Engineering, 401-351-7600. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. We, yes. days, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. It is time for our legal segment. Joining me, he is one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. It is attorney Tim Dodd. And Tim, I want to start off, boy, this was a very high-profile arrest of Bruce Springsteen. And at the time, people were speculating, wow, you know, he must have really been hammered and for the cops to give him a ticket. But, boy, it's another example of once you start to go underneath the story, that that is certainly not what happened. And uh, and I find, like a lot of people, the whole thing a little puzzling. Yes, it, it stands for two propositions in the old days, for better or for worse, you know, when a police officer would stop a entertainer, somebody in the media, a politician, um, you know, they might kind of give them a warning or look the other way. But these days, no one catches a break for anything. And it seems like when high-profile people get arrested for things like DUI, the cops make a big splash about it. Um, Maybe they think that it'll be a deterrent to others because even rock stars and movie stars and politicians can get jammed up with DUIs. Um, I'm not saying that these folks should get favorable treatment, but by the same token, they shouldn't get disparately improper treatment. And I do think that's what happened to Bruce Springsteen in this situation. Well, especially Tim, it would seem that, you know, so the police observe him doing a shot of tequila, but as we all know, you know, the, the, it's, it's gonna, you gotta be below 0.8. I think he was 0.2. And then they're just trying to, you know, I think they were trying to say that he shouldn't have been doing it in public or something like that. But yeah, um, it's, it's a very unfortunate, I mean, Bruce Springsteen got a lot of negative press. I don't think it's gonna, I don't think it's gonna hurt his pocketbook all that much. I don't think his fans give a hoot. And the fact that they've now dismissed the charges, it's almost an embarrassment for the police, if you know the story, and it's vindication for Bruce. He apparently did a couple of shots of tequila. Mm. Now, every state is a little bit different, but in some states, at the scene, 
if there's reasonable suspicion, the officer can ask the um, suspect to take a preliminary breath test. That's with a small device. It's not the intoxilizer machine. It's a small device utilized at the roadside stop. If you take it, it's not conclusive. It's not evidence, but it gives the officer some further indication of whether the, the suspect is intoxicated. You don't have to take that test. You can refuse, and that refusal can simply result in a fine. Your refusal is not the same as refusing to take the breathalyzer test at the station. So he got dinged for, I believe, $540 because he refused to take the preliminary breath test, I, I believe, at the scene. Ultimately, at the station, he blows a .02, which is below the legal limit. Um, there are cases, even in this jurisdiction, where someone has taken the intoxilizer, the result has been below what's needed to prove intoxication, but the person can still be prosecuted on what we call an observation case. So even when there's no test results, uh, police can prosecute you for the criminal charge of DUI based upon their observations, whether you had slurred speech, bloodshot, watery eyes, staggered, um, and failed to pass certain field sobriety tests. With Bruce, none of those things were in play. Um, I think the cops were just miffed that he appeared to be drinking in a manner that he could be observed. Yeah. You know, in, in a DUI charge and the scientific testing that's done is based upon blood alcohol in your system. So arguably, you could take two shots of Jack Daniels and immediately drive in your car. And if you were pulled over, you would not have a sufficiently high blood alcohol concentration because yep. those two shots, to use that as an example, um, take some time to be absorbed into your bloodstream. Yes. You know, you, you down the shots and they're sitting in your stomach, not yet into your bloodstream. So anytime you consume alcohol, there's, if you were to graph it, it's like a, it's like a perfect curve. It goes up and then it comes down in terms of what's going to show with your results. So Bruce, at the time that he had a 0 0.02, he might not have fully metabolized that alcohol. And a half hour later, he might have been 0 0.08. Yeah. Like, you just don't know. But where right. they happened to catch him, huh. he was not his blood alcohol concentration was far below right. what would be criminal and what would give rise to a DUI prosecution. Yeah. Um, I think that the court was miffed that they even had this case in the system. Yeah. I, I think that the prosecutors were right to drop it. And yep. it's, it's not specific as to Bruce, but the judge was also irritated because just to back up a little in Rhode Island, it took us a little while to get video conferences with the court up and running because certain video platforms are just for the participants, but for it to be a court proceeding, it has to be open to the public. So when there's a court proceeding here in Rhode Island, it's on something called WebEx, which means members of the public can dial in, if you will, or connect to watch and observe what's going on in court. So with Bruce, with Bruce Springsteen's arraignment, there were like 180 people oh my God. Who, who tried to zoom into this court proceeding. And the judge was irritated, you know, that this is not a concert. This is not a sideshow. You know, this is a man who's before the court on a serious matter and not for gawking fans to come on board to see what was happening. But that's the reality. So in the old days, if you wanted to see what was going on in court, you'd have to make your way to the courthouse, find a place to park, go in the building. Now, yeah. Bruce can be in a courtroom in State X, and you could be a thousand miles away and zoom into his court hearing and see what's going on. Mm -hmm. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Um, 
reasonable minds can differ, but this judge certainly didn't like the prospect of his courtroom becoming a sideshow so that Bruce fans could see what was going on. And I'm not sure it was just fans. It was probably a lot of media reporters who wanted to oh, be yeah. able to report on it. Um, it. It is an uncomfortable development. Um, personally, in my practice, I like the WebEx conferences. I'm sitting oh. at my desk versus driving to court and sitting around. Um, right. But in a case like this, the voyeurism component for fans or for the press is a little unsettling. I also just wanted to mention it, it also took on added uh, exposure simply because he had just been in that Super Bowl commercial with Jeep. Then Jeep had to pull the ad down. So it added a little bit more. Yeah, and, and now what is Jeep supposed to do? Say, oh, yeah, our mistake. We'll put the commercial back up. Yeah, um, I don't think so. A, as we've seen, John, in so many, many cases, the, the first media blurb on yeah. any of these cases um, until the facts are fully developed, the first impression is typically the wrong impression, and the full investigation shows what what was reported and what the public was led to believe in the first instance is many, many times not the true story, and it's not the real case. Tim Dodd, uh, again, folks, speak with our legal expert, Tim Dodd. Tim, uh, the President Trump, his tax returns, you know, we've heard about this for so long. But it did seem significant that the Supreme Court now will not intervene. And what does this mean about his tax returns and going forward? Well, the, the president, in part, was trying to argue immunity. And that immunity um, held while he held the office of president. But now that he's returned to being a private citizen, any of those protections fall away. Um, the president's other argument was that this was not a good faith um, subpoena to get his tax returns, but it was more political in nature, and it was further a fishing expedition uh, because the prosecutors, when issuing the subpoena, could not particularize what information they were really looking for. They kind of just want to see his tax returns to see what they can find out. Amongst the things that Cyrus Vance Jr., who's the U.S. attorney for um, um, certain district of New York, they're looking to see if um, the president or his organization on loan applications inflated the value of real estate holdings. If you inflate the value of your real estate holdings, you can get more money out of a bank. Um, It's criminal to misrepresent on a bank application um, the value of assets, just like it's it was happening several years ago. You go for a bank loan to buy a house, you're really making $50,000 a year, but on the uh, loan application, you say you're making 145000 a year. Um, the banks weren't checking the truthfulness of those statements, and surprise, you get the loan. Um, further investigation was showing, you know, a dozen years ago that a lot of people were lying on their um, mortgage and loan applications. So they're looking into that as it relates to pr- the president or the Trump organization. They're also looking to see, um, and I'm not sure it's really a cr- appropriate area of inquiry, where the money came from that was utilized to um pay off and buy the um, non-disclosure of certain women who have alleged um, improper treatment by Donald Trump before he was president. Um, there was all the machinations of whether money went from Trump to uh, Michael Cohen, his former attorney, to pay off some of the women who had made allegations um, against him. So is that criminal? It, that remains to be seen. Uh, the president is in a bit of a danger zone because you know that Michael Cohen is sitting with the prosecutors, giving them line, chapter, and verse on any possible criminal wrongdoing uh, or perceived criminal wrongdoing that uh, President Trump went a private citizen or uh, the Trump organization was involved with because to the extent Michael Cohen allegedly was the Mr. Fix-It guy, uh, for the Trump organization, 
if he did anything improper, unethical, illegal, etc., um, you know he's looking to serve up the president on a platter at this point. And Cyrus Vance is taking copious notes, I'm sure. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. A lot more legal expert attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. We're speaking with our legal expert. He is one of Rhode Island's top attorneys, Tim Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for Mega M-E-G-A, Mega truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. While the pandemic rages on, you need to stay healthy. You need to take care of your health. You need to stop in and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Call Marie. I call her the Queen of Health, 401 401- 305-3585. You've seen the her store. It's right in that old white church. It's my health. Because folks, it's about your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Shop local. Stop it and see Marie. What do we have? Well, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies, who understand quality, integrity, local products like the incredible Akai Berry. She also has honey, maple syrup. Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, has over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. The service is the best, plus hemp and CBD products, plus massage therapy, reflexology, Pilates. Folks, stop it and see her. It's my health because it's about your health and staying healthy and children's vitamins. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 401-305-3585. Stop in and see Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Because remember, it's your health. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Joining me, folks, they have really beefed up their coverage of Rhode Island. It is the Boston Globe. One of the writers is Dan McGowan. And, Dan, we continue to be on uh, Governor Raimondo, full Senate vote. Watch, huge article in today's Boston Globe by your colleague, uh, Ed Fitzpatrick, regarding the career of Governor Raimondo. This is uh, certainly dragged on for quite some time. Let's start off with just the latest. What are you hearing as far as when the full Senate vote will be? So it sounds like uh, all signs suggest that it will be sometime next week, uh, potentially on the earlier side. Now, I should say, you and I have been talking every week, and every week it feels like there is different information that comes out. The um, is that the, the Senate Democrats largely have um, you know, sort of move the process along uh, formally. And it's very in the weeds Senate stuff, but basically now uh, the 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 you know the wheels are in motion. And remember, it's a 50-50 Senate, but 
you know, with a Democratic president means you have a vice president that can, uh, you know, th- that can cast a deciding vote. Um, I should say, and we've been saying this all along, Governor Raimondo does not appear to have a problem for confirmation here. Um, you know, Ted Cruz specifically has uh, held up her nomination, but it looks like she will get a pretty significant number of votes. I would say, you know, I'm interested in, does she get 75, 80 votes more so than does she get confirmed? We know yeah. she's going to get She's not going to be another Nira Tandon, is what you're saying. No. Yeah, that's exactly nomination. Right. See, and Dan, Dan uh, does, does the governor, does she, you know, if it, let's just say it's next, which it could be like next Wednesday morning, whatever. Does the governor then fly to D.C.? Is she in D.C. when that happens? You know, I don't know if she'll be there specifically for um, – you know, for the vote, because remember, it's not like she will, you know, she's already gone through the committee process. So it's not like she has to, you know, do another meeting with anyone. And then the one thing I will say, I don't know the answer to John is, I don't think when you're appointed to one of these jobs, that there is like a big formal swearing in or anything like that. Um, The question that I have is, you know, presumably her resignation letter in Rhode Island is already written. And so, you know, how quickly does it become, you know, vote happens? Are we talking within minutes of a vote? Does Is there a transition of power in Rhode right. Island? Is it, you know, a day? And, and that's something that I just don't know the answer to uh, right now. Okay. Now, because of COVID, obviously, they don't have any big type ceremony. But I, I, like Pete Buttigieg, he and a couple of the nominees that have been confirmed, they have footage then of them being sworn in outside by the vice president. So, I, I mean, I would think that that happens immediately, like the vote happens and then boom, they swear, swear in. I mean, we're going to find out. Um, but it, I, I agree. It's not a huge type of deal. We'll normally have your family there and everything else. But at, at that point, we can agree it, it, it would seemingly then happen pretty rapidly. And Dan, is her resignation as, as governor? And again, some of this we may not know yet, but is it tied in with, um, you know, like the moment she is sworn in by Kamala Harris, Vice President Harris, boom, that means she effectively resigns as governor of Rhode Island? So this is going to sound like a a, a terrible comparison, but it's kind of the apt thing to make, which is, you know, if if you were to use this in a different context, let's say you're convicted of a of a felony. Uh, yep. You automatically are no longer like you are not the mayor of Providence anymore once you are. Oh, OK. You know, and so similarly sure. in this case, I believe uh, that that once you are um, sworn in or once you are confirmed to have a federal job, you can't you are no longer uh, the governor of Rhode Island. Now, my, my assumption is that, again. That, that a resignation letter is, uh, you know, is already written, you know, could it happen within hours, you know, within the day of, I think that's what we should expect. What we know for sure will not happen is she will not get confirmed, let's say on Tuesday and then still be the governor on Friday. That, that is that okay. we know that won't be the case. Okay. And what about uh, incoming governor McKee? Um, normally that certainly, you know, would be a, a process. Is, is it premature yet? Have they uh, announced any plans that it would maybe be televised of his swearing in as governor? They have not announced any plans. I know they've been in touch with the secretary of state's office. And because remember, it's Nellie Gorbea that will swear him in. Um, I believe they are, you know, planning a very small kind of gathering, uh, on the state house steps or you do it you know internally inside uh good question on on whether or not it becomes it's something that gets televised i mean would be the case um and you know if you're dan mckee you gotta wonder you know do you want you you probably want to be treated just like any other governor um you know I, i always think about this as as these moments when these big stories come uh as a journalist i always think about you know, you want to tell a story that they will, you know, that can hold up over time, right? Of this person was sworn in on this day, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I think for them and for him particularly, I think they want that experience because who knows, he may not be the governor two years from now. And so, right. uh, you, yeah, I, I would I would think he would want as much um, kind of pomp and circumstance as he can get in a pandemic. 
And I mean, if you catch a day like today, granted there's some snow in the back, but you could, at noontime, you could certainly do a ceremony Absolutely. outside on a day like today. The beauty, they do I mean, it colder in January. Today. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Now, Dan McGowan, again, folks, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Boy, last week, things really came to a head. What can you tell us the behind the scenes as far as, uh, I mean, thir- the fact that Thursday, Governor Mundo was not there. Dan McKee was not at the briefing. He did his own on Friday. And then over the course of the weekend, many people seemingly were starting a campaign where they were openly saying that they want Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott to stay as the the face of the Rhode Island Department of Health, although already incoming Governor McKee seemed to signal that he's going to put his current chief of staff, Tony Silver, in charge of the, the vaccine rollout. Yeah, that announcement that he was going to put his own person uh, in place, Tony Silva, as you said, it was, I think it really touched a nerve with a lot of folks. Uh, you know, you and I love this stuff. And so when there's back and forth and there's a little bit of behind the scenes fighting, you know, it's great for us. But truthfully, you know, it, I think it doesn't necessarily matter to the average person. I think when it comes to, uh, you know, COVID response, I do think, you know, people have become very familiar with Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott over the last year. And so that is a little bit more significant. And you did start to see, I mean, I think you saw Seth Magaziner, the treasurer, who obviously wants to run for governor, um, come out for this. There was a little bit of Twitter movement on that. I will tell you this, John, behind the scenes, there's an interesting battle playing out because you might have heard earlier this week that the governor has uh, signed basically an executive order allowed Dan McKee to... Um, craft and submit the state budget in the event that for whatever reason she isn't confirmed by you know by the middle of march so that was one thing that was happening behind the scenes though dan mckee wanted her to hand over power to the covid response um wanted her to sign an executive order to say wow um you know and and that's gonna happen they expected, I think that the administration, uh, the, the lieutenant governor's administration expected that to happen, and it didn't. I don't know why. I don't have an answer for why that happened yet or didn't happen yet, but that's something to keep a real strong eye on. In fact, we believe Dan McKee will be at to, uh, Thursday's press conference, but if they're still kind of wrestling behind the scenes about who's in it wouldn't be inconceivable to see him not go to the next press conference either. Wow. And, and uh, Dan, what did you make of now Monday? I was on the radio, but you were on that call with Governor Mundo and Dr. Scott. Uh, what did you make of her appearing there talking to reporters and just, you know, again, the governor pushes this whole demeanor that everything's fine. He's going to be there Thursday. He's been doing a good job. She actually even said she spoke to him. Uh, but seemingly things really fell apart at the end of last week. Well, let's be very clear, too. While she made everything sound so lovely and, and kind of rosy on Monday, um, she said things that did not make the, the lieutenant governor particularly happy. One being the kind of promise that he will be um, mm-hmm. that he will be at the press conference on Thursday. Again, behind the scenes, there's there's that jockeying about who's in control. So that's number one. Number two, the thing that I think really frustrates the McKee people, and this is a little on their part, because they put Tony Silva, uh, you know, in charge or front and center for their, you know, side of the COVID response. I think that did lead to a lot of confusion about, wait a minute, what's going to happen to Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott? And what Governor Raimondo said on the phone call with the reporters was, um, I talked to him, he recommitted to you know, keeping her in place yeah. and keeping everything. And what the McKee folks are saying is we never decommitted from keeping her. So there, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, finger pointing behind the scenes. I will say um, one thing to note about the governor's conversation with reporters on Monday, it was a phone call, not a Zoom call. So we, we weren't right. able to actually see her. And y- you think, you know, does that really matter? It does because you don't get to see sort of her demeanor. You don't get to see how she's acting. Um, And so I thought that was really interesting. You know, she clearly needed to come out. um, You know, by the way, there was a good reason for her to speak because, 
you know, Rhode Island has uh, slightly started to kind of shoot up the rankings on the New York Times vaccine list. So, you know, see, we got it right all along. And it was, a, am going to say victory lap, but you know what I mean? She was trying to be encouraging there and she wanted that out there. And that's why she spoke to reporters. Uh, you know, I think she would have rather not had any questions about Dan McKee at all. But of course, we did ask a lot of those questions, too. Folks, a quick break. A lot more. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokers for your company, your housing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, Bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today, MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. You're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. Folks, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. It's time for DePietro Debate. With me, one of my siblings, she happens to be a writer columnist for the Sun Chronicle. It's Donna Perry. DJ, let's start off with, uh, boy, politics are, are really creeping in with, as I call them, the heroes of May are really under fire now as we're uh, into February of the next year. We will touch on Cuomo, but Newsom's got a, Governor Newsom has a recall announcement on him. And uh, you are seeing some criticism of Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker, but it's hard to ignore the politics that are basically could be involved there. Yes, and good to be with you, J.D. And I think that's exactly right. What what we're seeing now, I think, is the the real after effect of one year of the pandemic. Uh, And, you know, a lot of the things are getting turned up of, well, what really happened? And then you're seeing um, some of these major Democratic governors really, really under fire. Uh, And I will get to something I want to note about Baker in a minute. But I I think, J.D., this is a larger story also about what you're seeing with Cuomo. Now, this is his own Democrats, by the way, who are not only, you know, leading the charge and saying the investigation and it's a scandal over what happened with the nursing home deaths. I think you're going to see something start to take off across the country. This issue of it's time to remove the emergency powers from governors Um, I think it's a wider story. I think, you know, again, both of them are under fire. And like you say, I think the effects of the pandemic, there's going to ruin some big and they a lot of them are big Democratic governors careers, in my opinion, because uh, the dust is going to have to settle. And I think that's a lot of what's going on. I mean, in my view, there's no way Cuomo can't be in like very big trouble. Right. You know, I mean, we're we're talking criminal investigating because, you know, the I, and I do want to say, J.D., like when you look at a, a, the hypocrisy, though, of a little bit of what we saw in the last 24 hours with the Biden team. Now, rightfully, they want to denote this is a very sad milestone, 500,000 American deaths. OK. Um, and, and we know that. But that's all the more reason. When then you have his press secretary gets pushed about Cuomo and, you know, you're getting a lot of hypocritical response from them, John. Like, how do they make this huge, you know, emotional evening about it? And then you have people who really bung and tried to hide death data. So, yes. And that's what people need to understand is as and I'm glad John Carl uh, on uh, ABC's This Week pointed out Biden at the time, candidate Biden, he referred to Cuomo as it was the gold standard in America of how he's handling it. We're now finding that, no, actually, there were people saying this is the wrong strategy. He apparently they cut the number in half. Think about that. And last spring, Donna Perry, him on CNN. And and what I think it affects the brother's career as well, because I do too. Cuomo Mm -hmm. is in a lot of trouble. 
just the way he comports himself. You know, it's it's kind of like a team that when they're winning, a lot of things have a given. But now you're hearing even De Blasio saying he's a bully. The way he comes at you through the phone. Sure. Won't admit he's wrong. Oh, yeah. Last May and June, I mean, he was looked at someone. People were saying it should be Cuomo on the ticket. Not right. Biden. That's right. I, he had motivated. He put out a book. He won the Emmy. I, this whole thing, and you know, he's in the wrong place. The New York press is not going to let this go. No, and you're right, John. Like, whoever advised him with that foolish book, which, first of all, I thought that looked like pretty cheesy to do, even way back then before we knew all this. I, I did. Right. I remember thinking, that seems in bad taste. Like, you're putting a Crisis book Crisis leadership <laughs> during a pandemic. And let me yes. get an Emmy. Like, yeah. and then it's all just... You know, there's so much uh, garbage under it. And so, you know, you're right. I think this could be and I don't see how it doesn't touch um, the brother with this prominent role. One of the biggest attackers always on the Republicans, uh, Chris Cuomo. And I I do think, you know, a little push has to come to shove. I think CNN has got they're going to get pushed to really kind of confront that and the brother by the way not to talk media but he he seems a little lost now every night he's he does like, he's des- he's like let me talk about anything but that you know so right um and how can he talk i mean how cnn has already said he won't have the brother on to talk about it but let's face it last you know may and the june the two of them they acted like they were the kings of new york and there was a big gathering you know with them out in the hamptons and you know, we yep. run this town right. and the father's legacy and the whole thing. And now Andrew Cuomo, it's um, it's tough to see how this is 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 not going to this is not going away. And Donna Perry, this is also a fundamental reason. I mean, I, that's why I and I kind of saw this coming a little bit. And that's why I knew Governor Raimondo to me right now. She's like that famous scene when they you know the united states the helicopter was leaving vietnam and there's like someone dangling <laughs> from the helicopter i mean that is her with the biden administration get me out of here yes i mean this is going nowhere fast the lockdowns the uh, you know the executive orders now also maura healy she sees an opportunity why not think about it. you and i talked baker was talking about a third term right well that that's where again, you know, you you see like the hypocrisy, and, uh, and there's a great, you know, that great expression that says a lot. You know, sometimes the Democrats don't let any emergency or anything, you know, don't lose the moment. Don't let a crisis don't, go. Don't to let waste. the crisis go. Yes. Thank you. And that's exactly right. I mean, so Healy, who is, you know, it's no secret, she is eyeing to run for governor of Mass. 2022. Baker has been kind of cagey. Would he go for the third term? I think he had some down periods you know this has been a long slog but there's other reporting he's now kind of got his mojo back and he's he's feeling mostly um john he still receives extraordinary high levels of support though it's diminished from the past for a republican in bluest of blue massachusetts so i think it says a lot about just how he comes across his character he's a coalition builder and he had a background in public health in health so that Ooh. helped him during this year. But to Healy in recent days, uh, and I don't think she's that effective, but she's been kind of, to me, it's like cheap shots. Like, let's use the mistakes of the vaccine rollout, which are really not just the fault of an individual state, I want to say. Um, There's a yeah. federal thing you're involved with, those huge vaccine companies. So she's been kind of jumping out there and, um, you know, she's holding little news conferences. She was in... Um, uh, Chelsea Mass, et cetera, where the, you know, a lot of low income neighborhoods and saying, you know, the lack of equity and the vaccine rollout and, you know, we're ignoring people. And it's a shot at Baker, uh, clearly. And, you know, she spent the last four years, she was like a leading attorney general to throw lawsuits, often frivolous against Trump and the administration. And now that he's gone, you know, she, she needs her, her next GOP figure to, uh, you know, to throw some shots at. But I I think what you're seeing is sort of the follow up politics coming out of the pandemic. It's almost like a whole new chapter. And that's what's going on. So she's Baker is, you know, there's not tons of areas for uh, them to be at odds. He is considered extremely moderate Republican, as you know. So um, but she's you know, I think that's the playbook right now, John, when you want to take shots 
at a Republican over the vaccine rollout is just this line of the lack of equity and uh, communities of color are not getting the vaccine. That's really not accurate, by the way, in greater Boston Ooh. at all. I've talked about that. I mean, they yeah. they are pretty good at this stuff and they that's just not really accurate. So I don't think her charges are going to land right now more of that Come what do you on. what do you what are your thoughts on and again folks our segment is to feature a debate with me is donna perry writer columnist for the sun chronicle what do you um what do you think of there is talk also that jeff deal might actually uh challenge baker in a yes. republican primary i got to know him a little bit when um i had him on the show all the time when he was running mm. against elizabeth warren he's a great guy i got to meet him uh in person on the campaign trail that would be uh that would be interesting because if it, it, Baker has has Governor Baker has been successful by, you know, kind of being right down the line a very moderate Republican. Mm-hmm. But this would be interesting to me just because de- deal the the pandemic and the way it was handled. You know, a lot of times people would say you need a scandal to take a you know yeah. a, a, an incumbent out, but this the, the, no one is happy with the way seemingly other than the governor of Florida, the, but Gut Baker, what do you think of deal maybe challenging him in a, in a Republican primary? Right. And, and I think <clears throat> that's, there's very strong chance for that because I, I do think um, whether it's the restaurant associations, um, uh, other small businesses in the state, they're yeah. not happy with Baker. No. Um, they felt um, that he consistently, sort of made them the punching bag. Um, I mean, there's no secret. I believe Massachusetts is is just thousands and thousands of restaurants that have fully gone. And it's not just that industry. A lot of them felt he overly micromanaged these, you know, John, how the phases were from last summer. It was was like phase point 1.2 and eight and B1. And people were like, this is ridiculous. And and they couldn't get customers. So, you know, I, I think deal, um, a primarying him is a true possibility because I do think, and you're going to see more of that, I think, also in other places, there's this issue that there is a fight within the Republican Party. And I know we're going to talk about that. See, I think so you're going to see some energy behind these ideas of primarying, yes. you know. Yep. Yeah. We're going to, um, folks, quick break. Going to come back a lot more. Donna Perry, writer, columnist of the Sun Chronicle, right here on the John DePietro Show. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming, experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today, 439 439- 6028 439 6028 whether it's tree removal stump grinding tree pruning emergency service bucket truck service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at Yankee Tree Service, their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439-6028, 439-6028. If they have to, they get right up there in the bucket. Yankee Tree Service, since 2006, tree trimming experts. Give them a call, 439-6028, or online at yankeetreeservice.com. <laughs> 